0: what's up guys this is Edith Chamtai. welcome to my podcast this is yet another good day and i'm grateful that you guys got the opportunity and the chance to come listen to me so guys today we're going to talk about proteins we're actually going to talk about what makes up proteins why is proteins called proteins yeah what is what is a protein we're also going to talk about the two major types of proteins that are actually largely consumed and we're going to talk about why That largely consumed, and does it affect the current way that we are experiencing in our health and also in our lifestyle? and there there need for us to change this this thing that you're consuming so yeah that's that's what we'll be talking about so let's start it up so guys if you find like a 14 year old boy and you ask them do you want to grow faster do you want to like to grow bigger do you, do you want to live longer they'll probably choose the former and someone will be like so how is it re- how, how relevant is this it is relevant because in the early 1930s a studies on laboratory animal animals actually began and it turned out that there were evidence that high protein diets actually accelerated growth rates and maturation but actually shortened the lifespan so that may be applicable to to animals alone and not to 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 human beings because everybody knows that human beings should consume a lot of proteins in order to grow yeah that is true but now the there is the problem comes in when we are by we are consuming more proteins than our body needs here is why it's because our body needs a lot of proteins, yeah? But our body actually even has the ability to recycle its own proteins. You know, the human body it is very efficient, it it, it very efficiently harvests and recycles its own proteins. And the only pro proteins losses that needed to be replaced are those that the body cannot retrieve. For example our nails, our fingernails I mean, our hair, our toenails and our skin. Those are the type of proteins that our body actually needs to replace and cannot cannot recycle it because it loses it but the fact that we're consuming a lot of a lot of proteins is what is becoming the problem so what happens to all these proteins that we're consuming in excess see there are a lot of information out there that telling us how many we how much proteins we should consume because there's a there's a scientist who say that men who are muscular are actually consuming around 120 grams of proteins per day and that conclusion of that research actually the conclusion of that research made very many people to actually obsess be obsessed over like taking a lot of proteins in order to build their muscles or to build their to be muscular just like these muscular men at the same time we're hearing that the doctors are saying that you should consume uh, an an average of zero point thirty five grams you know of proteins per, per per day that is what your body actually needs. And this is actually more than the recommended 30 grams, you know, or day minimum requirements. And it works out to around 60 to seven 170 60 grams for a 170 pound man, and around 45 grams for a 128 pound woman. So even so, the average life or the average proteins that people still eat on a daily basis even with knowing these that they still eat 100 to 130 grams per day of proteins and you'll ask me is that a problem yeah you know i've been i drink a lot of milk I, I eat meat i i do beans i do eggs i do i do cheese i do butter how how is this bad for me you know most of the proteins that people are actually eating they come from animals and these animal source proteins they are actually loaded with calories and cholesterol sorry and fats and because fat is well hidden many people don't realize that meat and dairy products average around 50 to 85 percent of the calories as fat calories so excess fat and cholesterol and especially saturated fats they are actually known for their atherosclerosis promotion which effects which lead to the narrowing hardening and increasing of plagues in vital oxygen carrying arteries and the process accelerates aging and shortens the lifespan of someone another thing that happens that a high protein diet actually cuts endurance you see athletes in the past they actually told that they need a lot of proteins for them to build stronger muscles but that's not the case when you take high proteins it actually cuts on your endurance so athletes nowadays are actually loaded with complex carbohydrates rather than with proteins the importance of loading them with complex carbohydrates that it allows for prolonged, prolonged breakdown of these carbohydrates so that there do not be such, you know, fluctuation of sugar or or pressure or we can say sugar in their bloodstream. So it, and you know when there's a lot of rise in sugar in your bloodstream, what happens is that the, there is actually release of insulin and insulin can will now normalise the sugar levels in your bloodstream, but sometimes it even lowers it below the normal and you feel fatigued and now if you're an athlete and you're having such a condition you will not be able to perform so for you to have a higher endurance you have to make sure that you're comp- you are actually consuming complex carbohydrates another thing is that excess protein actually places an added burden to the kidney you see kidney disease is increasingly common with the people who are actually consuming the western diets and it is it is it is actually the western diet that is implicated to be causing these kidney diseases Another thing is the high intake of animal promo- proteins actually promotes the growth of several cancers And that has, that has been researched and that has been known Another thing is that high animal protein diets that are actually associated with osteoporosis You know, we had actually talk about osteoporosis It is a disease whereby the body uses, uses calcium from the bones to actually continue with its... Uh, breakdown or processing you see the processing of proteins actually by the kidney it requires calcium so much of which is released from the bones yeah that is what i was actually explaining because if you are taking proteins and there are no calcium which are enough in your body to break it down or to process it where will your body get calcium from the bones and another thing is that the average age of sexual maturity of teenagers girls has actually declined from 16.3 years to 11.9 years from in the year 1850 to 1995. And so the the meat-centered, the meat you know, diet is actually what is implicated. And those are just, but other, but a few of the reasons why you should actually lower your protein intake. And another thing we'll ask is that don't children actually need extra proteins? Yes, they do, they actually do, especially during the periods of rapid growth. But the moment children have grown, to a certain age you should reduce the number of, of protein that they consume so the lto of 0.35 grams per pound of body weight works out to 17 grams of protein a day for a 50 pound child a little more than half an ounce so since children in the western cultures of people being raised in the Western cultures eat the same high protein diet as adults do there is very little concern for not getting enough protein so the problem may well be the other side of the question accumulating Evidence suggests that children eating high fat and protein diets tend to grow bigger and develop faster. But the question you're asking with knowing the information that I said earlier that. Proteins actually increases increases the growth rate and maturation but it reduces the lifespan. So my question is, do these children are actually developing faster and growing bigger? Are they paying the price of a shortened life? You see you might be feeding kids all these proteins and enjoying the fact that they're growing bigger they're actually growing faster but are they paying that price of doing all that in an accelerated manner with a shortened life you know there's nothing that is too good or good that does not have a, a bad side so that is a bad side but what of the amino acid ag- arguments you know proteins are actually made of some 20 amino acids so while your body is able to actually uh, manufacture 12 of these man- um, like amino acids the eight amino acids that, are, that are, your body can't actually manufacture, they have been demonstrated to be essential for adults. So they have to be provided by the diet. So people used to believe that they have to eat meat and they actually have to to, to eat to take a lot of dairy products in order to actually supply these essential amino acids. And the fact that these foods are actually high in fat, cholesterol, lack fiber and have detrimental effects on their health was for many years overlooked and considered irrelevant. But now we know that these amino acids are easily available from a random selection of plant food. This has actually been shown in dietary patterns around the world. And the staple food of, in Caribbean countries is black beans and rice. So the amino acids low in, low in rice are found in beans and vice versa. So the same is true for corn and piano beans in Mexicans and the rice and soybeans relied on by the chinese so the western world is actually taking the fresh look at plant food because you know plant food a lot of plant food give us a lot of proteins that are actually better than what are being given by the animal animal uh, protein so number one other uh, than one other thing that i want to tell you is that is a uh, progressive nutrition actually is actually getting 10 percent of daily calories as proteins even on a total vegetarian diet getting this much food, Protein is actually obviously not a problem, and in fact, when enough calories are available from a variety of undefined plant food, it is impossible to create a protein defi- de- deficiency. So, when it's Im- impossible to create a protein deficiency, it means that you are actually able to maintain your body on the right on the right balance. You see, and it's time to actually bury all these myths that you're you're hearing about proteins, and you catch up with the times with proteins as much else in. With proteins, as with much else in life, too much is good thing is as a bad thing, you know. And there's a lot of progress. There's a lot of education. There's a lot of information out there, enabling you to understand what is good for you right now. What is the right? What is what is the correct thing? You know. So the protein of the protein milk states that it actually says that, uh, you know, having food like uh, the word protein, having food like beef, eggs, milk, cheese is. Is the best and advertisers actually spend millions each year making certain that we feel that the following the food you know the beef the eggs the milk the cheese that are indispensable for for good health and the fact is animal products are not needed in a human diet at all so people may choose to eat them for a reason of flavor habit, and convenience but nobody should feel like they must eat them to get enough proteins or nutrients because you shouldn't it isn't a must and you know plant proteins actually can supplement that because plant proteins can actually they have the potential of giving you all the things that you're missing or the amino acids that your body is missing just by consuming the plant proteins so today I want to give you a challenge to actually stretch your boundaries on your diet and you go sample the food that you that you have or that you you, you can think about and and then like experiment on them experiment with a wide variety of tastes and texture that is available like just go pick food that you you think you can enjoy and then experiment on on, on cooking cooking them or, or how you can eat them or if you're good if you're eating out make sure you ask for foods that you know that they are good for you so another another one of the biggest consumed protein is actually the milk the reason I'm saying that is that uh, milk is the Milk was actually called the perfect food for babies, but that is actually the breast milk, not any other milk. In fact, babies should not be given the cow's milk. And why babies should not be given the cow's milk is that allergies and asthma have reached an epidemic proportions in the world at the moment. And infants not exposed to cow's milk develop far fewer allergies, while those that are experienced that are exposed, actually, they have a lot of allergies. Another thing is that babies need antibiotics found in breast milk to protect them from infectious diseases, and breast milk is actually sterile unlike cow's milk, which is largely contaminated and the proteins in cow's milk is suspected to being able to trigger some a trigger type 1 type of diabetes We talked about that before, and despite antibiotics, infant fed formula or cow's milk, they are 70% more likely to develop diarrhea infections when compared to babies who are exclusively fed with the breast milk You know and you'll be like so after one year you can now feed your baby with With, with, with cow's milk. Not really. You see for years we've been led to believe that milk is indispensable for a sound health. You see the average westerners and the average people right now, they, they, they are being told that however the average people actually however they eat too much fat too much cholesterol too much protein and not enough fiber is everyone these days is eating a lot of that yeah food that do not have fiber food that have too much protein they have too much cholesterol you see they eat they're eating things that are not very healthy for themselves so warm milk whole milk when calculated in percentage it has actually 50 percent fat much of it is actually saturated and 20% proteins. It contains cholesterol that has no dietary fiber. Drinking milk puts added burden on an already overloaded metabolic system. So here, here in my country or where I come from, traditionally this is how people consume milk. So you eat your food, you eat your food, and then when you're finished, you you, you, you take your milk. It's like a, it's like now I drink. It's like a drink. When people are taking wine, so instead of taking wine, you take milk. And it's been known to be healthy. It's been known to actually be healthy. But now they're getting different information. knowing that it is not that healthy. And there are a lot of things these days. There are a lot of things being labeled as. Like we find milk in, in, in the supermarket. And it's being labeled low fat milk. Or, um, or it's actually being labeled skim milk. Or it's actually being labeled. There are many names. Now the thing is. When you find low fat milk. It is an improvement over the whole milk basically that's the only thing that it is but not as, as great as it seems or it is advertised because the two percent fat in low fat milk is calculated from the weight of the milk and not from the calories so by weight this milk is 87 percent water and two percent of fat you see but but by calories however it is actually 30 percent of fat food and so not fat milk ski milk non-fat milk or ski milk is actually the best choice for those who wish to drink milk has no fat and is virtually cholesterol free yet retains in some some of the same nutrients that are actually good so what about calcium you know we have been told that calcium is actually good for your body yeah calcium is good for your body but that's one thing you should know that there's nothing there have never been someone who has been diagnosed with calcium deficiency yeah those are importance of calcium in our body i've explained that before and i'm saying that calcium people just take it to for leisure actually because is your body has not said it does not have calcium or you have not fallen sick and then gone to the hospital and be, you know what you have calcium deficiency another thing is that your body might be might also be needing calcium because it is actually the calcium in its body is being released or is being used so 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 it is being used by how is it being is it actually being used by bones you see when you're when you're eating a lot of proteins it, it requires calcium to be broken down so when you take calcium when you take proteins a lot of proteins they're actually leaching of your bones to get calcium so that you can use the calcium to process the proteins so if you avoid taking a lot of proteins then you will not be needing calcium because your body cannot go on a deficiency of calcium unless you're causing that by consuming a lot of proteins or by not eating well so that is that is actually true so another thing that we can talk about uh, is is uh, is why why people actually are consuming let's see let's see what now meat but before we talk about that let me go through something the dairy industry capitalizes on the concern about estroporosis that's what we're still talking and it pushes its products beyond all reason for example you know when when a dairy company actually wants to sell it actually pushes it uses calcium a lot international studies have shown that high culture intake does not necessarily ensure or protect against osteoporosis and this is actually known because when you look at countries that are highly consuming milk high consumers of milk and those countries that do not consume milk they they, they, they are diff- they are very different you see cultures with actually the highest milk consumption they have the highest rates of this disease called osteoporosis a disease rarely found in non-milk drinking countries while milk carries plenty of calcium its relatively high protein content when added to the large amount of protein consumed in a form of meat fold or fish actually leaches calcium from the bones. And, and as it begins to metabolize another thing is that only 25-30% to 30% of the calcium in milk is actually consumed to your body and then you'll be like what and that is not all it continues because you see the incidence of coronary heart diseases in the world right now is much big, bigger in, than in non-milk drinking cultures. You see, if you compare like the North America and, and a place like uh, like like where the people don't consume a lot of milk, you'll find that in North America there are a lot of incidents of heart heart attack, while in the other country there are no. Another thing that certain protein raises blood cholesterol level and casein, a common milk protein, is one of the worst. You see, an each animal. Each animal's milk is designed to fit the growth rates for its young. Its own young, you see. Human babies develop slowly, and the com- composition of human milk reflects that difference. Animal milk may, may contribute to earlier maturation, noted in many of today's children. Yeah, you see, a cow's milk is meant for the young one of the cow. It's not meant for you. So if you take the cow's milk and you feed your child, we'd say that it will actually make them grow bigger and faster but it will actually reduce their lifespan so sometimes they grow faster and get into maturity while they're still children you see and after weaning women have a high percentage they have actually a high percentage of uh, they have a, a higher percentage of lactose intolerance you see and this is where they there's inability to digest milk sugar properly and this is evidenced by excessive gas uh, cramps and diarrhea, so roughly 75% of the world population they actually have this problem. So one thing we know that meat is, milk is the most common cause of food allergies, several studies have implicated that milk and other dairy products they are actually probable contributors to breast cancer and in men it's actually prostate cancer and infectious agents can be affect, affect, effectively transmitted through milk ice cream and cheese. Hormones, antibiotic residue viruses, pesticides, industrial chemicals, and other contaminants can also find their way into the milk. And, and the, the last list just as some bacteria can survive the pasteurization process, so do many viruses, including certain leukemia and sarcoma viruses. So, when I'm saying that, uh, am I implying that adult semen don't need actually need milk? Many people live their own lives in good health without drinking milk or using any other dairy products. So infused milk should be consumed, preferably in non-fat form and in small quantities, such as in cooking or on breaking or on breakfast cereals. So many concerned people are choosing other sources of, of calcium, such as grain, legumes, vegetables, grains, and needed supplements. Moreover, an abundance of milk-like products is now available that are suitable substitute for milk products, for animal milk. So most food stores have liberal supplies of various kind of soy milk products or milk made from rice, oatmeal, potato and almond and the list continue. So yeah, those are some of the things you can do to replace milk. Milk is not as good as you think it is. So let's end it with meat. And the fact that people are saying that meat is the real food. You know it's the it's it's the real food and and when you find that uh, commercials may be the commercials may be used but the sound Bite is actually brilliant. This is what they, they always say. And a lot of people actually co- consuming meat, but isn't meat an important source of protein? Meat is actually a nutritious source of protein, but it carries a, a long a lot of number of, of problems. For one thing, most people overestimate their protein needs. The recommended daily allowance, that is the RDA for proteins, is generally adequate to forty-five to sixty grams. Most people actually, however, consume two to three times that much, and this excessive amounts of proteins that hard on kidney promotes gout and causes and actually causes calcium to be leached from the bones and even bigger problem is is the heavy dose of fat most saturated mostly saturated and cholesterol so scientists research has overwhelming implication to a rich diet is major culprit of today's western diseases and the rich food that are doing us in in in, in this way they are actually mostly animal products such as meat eggs the dairy products so while we are we are seeing that the meat is bad and, and we are trying to to change we should actually understand what is going on because the trouble is well the human body is actually able to nourish itself from animal food it lacks protective against it actually lacks protection against a large amount of fat and cholesterol so excessive fats and cholesterol they actually stack up in the bloodstream and begin attaching themselves to the lining of the blood vessels and then gradually over time arteries began to thicken they narrow the plague forms and atherosclerosis has actually established itself and it's the onset and as a result blood supplies to vital organs diminishes or gets cut off and then the stage is set to for many of today's killer diseases such as the heart disease hypertension strokes diabetes and several types of cancer that is what happens because consuming of all these proteins is, is it's not as good it's not as safe as we as we thought so Americans have always eaten meat where are all these problems right now? So you see all these problems are coming in right now because there's a ton of events or a turn of the century We don't have many of these atherosclerosis related diseases because in the 90s we didn't eat meat two or three times a day as we do now another thing is that they we also raised our and they they raise the animals differently they do not raise the animals as we do today there were no injections so today we are injecting them we are putting into too much too much fattening for them too much too much food for, for our for our animals another thing is that animals ingest and store chemicals in their bodies from the fertilizer from fertilizers to their pesticides and pesticides and used to on their food hormones antibiotics and other chemicals are routinely administered to animals an in intensively confinement system to mask risk and diseases and to speed up growth so residue of these contaminants they actually find themselves in the food chain they actually find yourself in your plates so am i suggesting that a meat life life is better yeah it is better but it is it's always up to you to what you decide to actually actually choose you see and um, all these things that people can do is reduce protein intake and, and actually live a better a better life because you see if you decide to put all these proteins aside and actually proteins that are not good for you reduce the consumption of proteins it will be good for you but proteins are good for your health They're actually bodybuilding but at what quantities add proteins required for your body before you start cutting off do that research find out that what how many quantities of proteins do you need does your body need right and then you can cut down on the consumption of proteins and decide you know i'm not going to take all these proteins anymore because the more you take proteins the more you are exerting pressure on your kidney and the more your 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 bones are leaching calcium and the more you also get that excessive proteins being stored out as fat so the more you're also getting fat so all these are intertwined i hope you're realizing a pattern that in all these topics that i've talked there's a pattern that is starting to form yeah i hope when we are ending it you'll have realized the pattern but if not you make sure that you tune into the last episodes so that i can co-join the pattern for you anyway guys it's been a pleasure have a good night or a good day bye bye